Hey guys, Rachel here. So today is a solo episode. Um, and I'm doing something very, um, I guess you would say unconventional. So um, actually, I took the inspiration from another podcaster, Tiffany Carter. I'm actually going to link her podcast in the show notes, even though it's not racing related, you know, it's more business related and stuff. But um like, I love her content, and I'm actually in, like, one of her, like, free, like, Facebook group training things, um, and so, um, I came across a podcast episode that she did about, um, I guess it was, um, oh, that was actually this week, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was actually on Monday, and um, it was where she had taken uh, a gummy, right? So, you know, CBD with THC in it. And, um, and she just did a whole podcast episode. Hi. And there's a lot of podcasters that do it. And so today, I am on a gummy. <laughs> I took one before I started this episode, probably, probably about 20 minutes prior. So... I wanted to do this because it's something that I've never done before and I'm not very open about, um, but obviously it's legal, it doesn't matter, but it's still, you know, taboo to some people. Um, and so if this rubs you the wrong way, I'm sorry, you know, you can turn this off, but if it doesn't and you guys want to continue, then definitely uh, listen to the rest of the episode. It's going to be probably all over the place and it's going to be, but it's going to be good because you guys get to see me raw and, un, and just authentic in my own element. And I think that's what you guys need to hear or, um, and, yeah, not see, I'm not recording myself physically camera wise. Cause no, like I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and... Today, obviously, if you listen to the beginning of this episode before we started the intro, which y'all, new intro is going to be coming soon because I'll be honest, after hearing this intro for so long, like I'm tired of it. <laughs> I am. I'm tired of it. Honestly, so th this is going to be uh, just like a ramble thing, but when I started the podcast back in... December of 2022 like y'all that's just how like short of a period of time that we um have had this podcast um I was like the worst when it came to procrastination when it came to self-sabotage constantly telling myself like why are you doing this like this is a dumb idea like nobody's gonna listen to it nobody's gonna do this right I kept trying to talk myself out of doing a podcast um, and so 
I knew that if I just didn't take immediate action and just threw something out there, which totally goes against every single perfectionist bone in my body, you know, I'm not gonna lie, like it freaked me the hell out to put out stuff that's like, like in my mind is considered half-assed, but really it's not because it's like, it's better done than perfect. But when you've been an overachiever and perfectionist for your whole entire life, like that's like you completely almost changing your whole entire identity. So that's what I had to do in order to just put something out there just to be able to, you know, start this podcast. And I've been doing this podcast for over a year now. And so I'm starting to see that like a lot of things that I was doing in the past with the podcast uh, wasn't really my vibe. Like it was just to kind of start and like just keep going. But obviously you want to constantly grow. You don't want to be stagnant. And so like I'm seeing a change in like what um, – what I'm wanting to do with the podcast. Um, no, not saying, I mean, this will still be about women in motorsports, you know, but the type of guests that you're going to see this season are a little bit different than what you saw last season, right? Um, even though technically I don't take off seasons, but I, I make my seasons where once December 31st hits, that's the start of season two, you know, the next season. Right. So right now we're in season two because January was the start of season two. Um, and I'm starting to see like a major transition in the type of guests that I'm bringing in. Um, so because I'm trying to get guests in organizations that I didn't have before. Also, I'm bringing in a lot more women um, of color onto the onto the podcast um obviously um you know you guys heard from elba Oward um this week and so obviously her there's um there's some other some black women some black women in motorsports that are coming on the actual podcast to, to tell their stories um you know we and also we had um we 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 just have like a lot of more diverse guests than what I had last season, um, and and to be honest, that that wasn't that wasn't really planned. So the thing is, starting out my first season, I didn't even have a, I didn't even have like an actual fan base. I started from ground zero. So the thing is, in my mind, I was trying to just get anyone and everyone onto the podcast that fell into the women in motorsports category, right? Because I'm like, I've got to get people on here. I can't just do this by myself. Well, I'm starting to notice now that um, the type of guests that I'm starting to bring on, they they're different like and and it's not all about you know racial or ethnicity or nothing like that it's just um like the racing organizations that they're affiliated with um or like what they do behind the scenes things like that like i'm bringing in a lot more women that are doing positions behind the scenes that we haven't talked about yet 
um, like, for example, um, you know, there's black women in NASCAR that haven't been able to really share their stories. And, you know, actually, we're supposed to have one of them. as She's actually a TV producer for um, NASCAR that's supposed to be coming on. Um, we also have, um, you know, content creators, black women that are, you know, motorsport and like and car enthusiasts, you know, um, content creators that are coming on as well. Like, it's just we have like a way more diverse lineup this year than what we had last year. Um, and, and I did that on purpose. I specifically started reaching out to people, you know, certain people, like my team and I started reaching out to specific people, but we also had a lot of people that came on on their own. So, um, that, that was a huge difference this year is that there was a lot of, um, interview interviews that were scheduled where I didn't even like my team and I did not reach out to these people directly. Like these women wanted to come on like they'd either been listening to the podcast already or somebody told them about, you know, the podcast and wanted to come on and they wanted to share their stories. I didn't. Most of my interviews, I didn't reach out to anyone. Um, And I love that because that means that more people are aware of the podcast now than what I assume. And guys, I'll be honest, like literally, um, it's funny, but um, that podcast episode with Elba, and that was the last time I checked, which was early this morning. So I do not know um, if it has changed, Uh, but literally like um, it got, it got quite a lot of traction and literally it put us at like over, we're at um, 11.2K downloads on the podcast right now because of between Elba's um, podcast episode, literally, like, it got almost 200 downloads within the first couple hours, <laughs> um, which is insanity um, because it, it's just, you know, She's just such a, you know, a huge, like, public figure in the IndyCar space because, you know, because she's related to Pato. And uh, it may, it just makes total sense why a lot of people would have wanted to hear her story because she's never been on a podcast. She's never been asked to speak about her story, which is so weird to me because she is the sister of a major IndyCar driver. But also, she just has such an interesting story herself. You know, and um, obviously I'll drop that link in the show notes as well, um, guys, because if you did not get a chance to listen to the podcast, I 100% recommend that you do. If you, especially if you're a woman that it has kind of like gone through like the issue of like really being seen and like taking care of yourself and like the whole self-care thing. Like if you're like kind of in that journey, like myself, because like guys, like, so my birthday was yesterday, all right, turned big 38, which is insane to me that I've been living on this earth for 38 years so far. Well, like, I hadn't had a haircut in three years. <laughs> like, it was bad. It, like, I, like, my hair was so fried. I 
I took the time yesterday to treat myself to a haircut. And I mean, to be honest, number one, my hair looks fucking amazing. Like, my girl, so, Trugna Wynn, she, she is a, a lifesaver. Like, when I say she, like, she's my favorite hairstylist I've ever had in my life. Like, I don't care if I end up moving, like, out the country, okay? Like, or whatever. Like, if I end up, like, leaving this area that I live in, in Louisiana, I would literally just fly back to have her cut my hair every year, right? Because literally, like, I have never been able to trust anyone with my hair, ever. Um, Because with my hair, because my hair is so curly and it has, like, this really weird curl pattern because some of my hair will not curl at all and some of it will so it's like real like a huge mixture um that I've never been able to trust anybody with my hair because I've never number one I didn't even really know how to do my hair because I damaged my hair when I was younger due to like flat irons and stuff I mean guys you gotta understand when I grew up it was the early 2000s and I wasn't I was a scene kid like scene and yeah so I was into the scene side of like you know uh, it's crazy the phases that we go through as uh, as a as teenagers but yes so I had the razored hair and straightening my hair the the like the scene emo cut haircut yes I had all that and so I fried my hair and most of us did that that grew up in that era right the ogs of uh, of the scene of scene and emo right um yeah it it was bad because i mean i'm dating myself obviously you know i'm 38 so i graduated in 2004 which means this year makes 20 years that i've been out of high school and to be honest i I'm still debating on if I'm going to go to my 20th reunion. Um, most of the people that I know that I'm, I'm still close with outside of high school, none of them are going at all. And so, like, part of me wants to see if maybe, like, I could still, like, meet up with them. Like, like we kind of do, like, our own thing separately because, to be honest, I totally get where they're coming from because we were hated in high school like people did not like us like we were the we were the weird kids you know what I'm saying like the people that that I some of the people that I still conversate with like there are some people that keep up with me on Facebook that I went to high school with but not all of them were really my, they weren't even really my friends. Like, to be honest, some of them, I don't even know why I even follow them in the first place. And, and that would have been probably, because I've had my Facebook account for, oh my God, forever. Like, I think I opened my Facebook account. Um, well, this one, I think it was like 2006 or something like that. So, like, it was, it was, you know, it was not that long, not that long. I mean, like, after I had gotten out of high school, I mean, out of, yeah, right after high school that I would have opened 
the account. So that, you know, so obviously I would have um, followed some people from high school. Um, but looking back, like now, I'm like, why the fuck did I follow any of those people? Like some of them were literally straight up bullies to me in high school. And I'm like, why the hell do I even want to follow them? Like, almost like I want them to accept me or something. Like, I kind of feel that's what that was. Like, it was more of, like, an external validation thing. But now, y'all, I'm in, like, especially the closer I get to 40, I'm in, like, this give zero fucks, you know, um, mood. Like, I'm just, like, I don't, like, I don't really care about external validation in that way anymore when I was a kid absolutely like that's all like I I didn't want anybody to hate me like I didn't want anybody to not like me so I did that shit and and I think some a lot of kids you know do that growing up but then they eventually get out of it well for me no I kept doing that even as an adult like constantly trying to get validation from people and it's like all I did was just fuck up my own life by doing that but you know obviously Thanks to therapy and everything else under the sun, you know, accountability, (laughs) everything. I realized that that wasn't necessary. The only thing that matters is me, like how I feel about myself at the end of the day. If I don't feel good with myself, you know, about myself, then I need to change shit. If I if I do feel good about myself, then great. But as long as I'm not like hurting other people. Right. Um, But other than that, like. There, you know, it, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where you wonder why you wanted the, like, the validation. Like, there's a reason behind it. Um, but it was because, like, so we moved around a lot when I was a kid. And so it was very hard for me to make friends. But also, guys, you also have to take this into consideration. This was the early 2000s. I was not even diagnosed as an autistic person yet because I didn't get diagnosed uh, 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 with autism until literally um, during COVID. Like, so I just found out that I'm autistic. But I, I, I kind of figured it out, though, like on my own because, like, I had – I had actually quite like almost all like all the people that I tend to talk to almost everybody that I know they're all neurodivergent people and some of them are autistic and they have ADHD and see and that's what I have so I'm autistic but I also have ADHD as well so um but I noticed that I would do like some of the same stems as them and like some other things and so I started to, like, research it on my own. And as someone that has always had to advocate for themselves in the medical, when it comes to medical things, because y'all, it, and I know some people will get on, don't, don't think I'm getting on a feminist high horse or whatever, but I don't care. Like, y'all are going to hear me out on this. Black women have, like, the worst mortality rate when it comes to, like, pregnancies, all that kind of stuff, because they tend to not be taken serious in hospitals. And I'm going to be honest, I'm living proof of that because I'm still having medical issues that I've been having for over 20 years. And every time I go to a doctor, all all I get is the runaround. 
and I literally get told that I'm just making shit up. I've been dealing with this stuff for like some of these weird ass symptoms, different things going on for over 20 years. Um, some even 30 years and I still don't know what's wrong with me and every time I go to doctors they just give me the runaround and they keep telling me that there's nothing that's showing up nobody knows what's going on with me well because of that I've had to learn how to read medical journals and do my own research so I can advocate for myself so me doing that and also I used to make a living writing college essays and like dissertations and stuff and I actually used to write dissertations that I got paid to do for someone that was studying to be a psychologist and was going to school for that you know they're literally in their graduate degree like getting their graduate you know and then their doctorate and I wrote their PhD dissertation which is crazy because like she didn't do any of the research I did it and um and I wrote everything. So I literally had to, I, I literally got paid to write medical school, like, research and, and you know, and, like, essays and dissertations, um, and, you know, for college students that just didn't want to do the work. Uh, it, now, trust me, it's highly unethical, and I would never do it again. But, y'all, I was... I was a mom that was sitting at home that needed money and I did it, you know, cause I had done, I had been, I had been working for a, um, an essay writing company, um, writing for college students. And then I did, this was just a, this was a private client that I took on on my own. It wasn't through that company. Um, but yeah, like that's a whole nother story. There was a lot of things that ended up getting, get, you know, happening because they stopped paying me, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, um, so I learned how to read <laughs> medical journals very well. And so I always had to, you know, do stuff like that. And so I pretty much had put it together that I had autism, you know. Um, but um, the part of the spectrum that I would be on would be, Asperger's um but obviously now it's a spectrum disorder and it's not you know it's not like Asperger's this is not separated anymore it used to be it was separated at one time um but it's not separated anymore so but I would be on that part of the spectrum so yeah so that kind of explains to you like where I fall in the whole ASD thing but um so yeah, I wanted to get an official confirmation. And um, so I, when I started going to therapy, um, you know, I was able to get that confirmation. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a crazy thing um, how all that happened. And so yeah, now coming back full circle, you know, I see how I was the whole entire time, right? Because you don't really notice your symptoms while, you know, when you're undiagnosed. And then it's like once you're diagnosed, you're like, oh, well, no wonder I used to do this. I used to do that. Like, you know, how I was 
and a lot of it boils down to communication skills. So the thing is, the reason why I realized, the reason why I was still trying to like befriend like everybody, even people that hated me, was not just because of the whole confrontation thing that I didn't want to like have enemies or nothing, but it was also because of the fact that I just wanted to have friends because the because the thing is being well some people for being autistic is really hard to have friends because we take a lot of things literally and sometimes we don't pick up on sarcasm or things like that very well and I realized that now looking back that that was a lot of the issues that I had when it came to communicating with people because sometimes they would make it seem as if like I was always just talking about myself but I wasn't trying to like I was trying to kind of give them the story to show them that I related but they took that as me like overtaking their story and sometimes yes I mean I'm not gonna lie there were times where I would just start blurting out stuff because it's like especially if it's like a special special interest to you like sometimes like we get like really excited right like I get really excited and I'm like you know and then I start blurting stuff out and I don't mean to you know it's just that I know that if I don't say it right then and there I'm gonna forget (laughs) and so I try like now uh, obviously since I've been to therapy and stuff like now like I'm able to like control a lot of that where I can actually realize hey like I need to step back because I'm like not letting this other person talk like I start to like actually pick up on it fast enough like I'm processing things faster than what I used to Um, but yeah so that's something too and honestly doing the podcast has actually helped me a lot with my communication skills Um, it wasn't that wasn't actually the plan like I just wanted to do the podcast because I just wanted women in motorsports to have a voice because, you know, as a woman in motorsports myself, I mean, I've been behind the scenes for 19 years now. Like, I've never, I've never talked about being a race wife. I never, I never talk about any of that. Like, yeah, people know that I go to the racetrack, but in their minds, I just sit on the sidelines, but I do way more than that. I help my husband with the car. I do a lot of things. Like I don't, I don't just sit on the sidelines and you know, I well, I say sidelines, you know, like that. That's football guys, my bad. But you know, I don't just sit in the in the grandstands or nothing like that. You know, and just watch and just watch him race. I don't now because most of the time I'm in the pits with him. Like you know, and. Um, that's something that I've never really talked about. Like, I've never really showcased that. I've never really done anything in motorsports. And th- now, 2024 is when this all changed. Because now I'm, I'm not just uh, doing the podcast. You know, I, I do motorsports marketing. You know, I'm, I'm helping women in motorsports, like, fun, fun their fund their cars. Like, you know, I, right now, I, I mean, I'm working with, um, about to be three actually I had somebody reach out to me today um, so three women in motorsports two of them actually were previous guests on the podcast so um, one of them you know she hasn't been on the podcast but obviously I would like for her to come on 
um, especially since she is from Louisiana. Um, and I, you know, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of women in, in Louisiana that are doing stuff outside of the state. And she is. And, you know, uh, racing and stuff. You, you don't hear about a lot of women in Louisiana coming up um, in motorsports um, anymore. <laughs> and so I want, I would love for her to come on and share her story as well. Um, not just because she's a client of mine, but also because I, I feel more people need to hear her story um, because she's doing some amazing stuff. Like, she's even gone overseas to race. I, I believe it was in Spain. Like, it's really cool. You know, she was invited to go do that and everything. And it was, like, only so many people from all over the world that were able to do it. So, yeah, like, she has an amazing story. And so I definitely would love for her to come on here um, and share it, too. Hopefully sometime later this year um, I could possibly get her on. Um, but that is like my goal is to have more women in motorsports be funded because I don't know how many times like I'll see where people will say, oh, well, this person is driving for so-and-so, you know, for 2023, 2024, but like they'll have a certain sponsors that will only sponsor for one race. And it's like, First of all, that's a horrible return on investment um, because for and for people that are aware of like regular traditional marketing, um, it's always recommended that you put your brand out in the same exact place a minimum of four times because it normally takes at minimum four times for people to start knowing, liking you, and trusting you. Um, now, that was obviously in traditional advertising, so that's like newspaper magazines, you know, print media, um, that's what we were taught. Because I worked in um, print media for, um, oh gosh, what, was it seven years? Yeah, so I worked for a newspaper and I worked worked for a magazine um, quite a few years ago. Um, Actually, the newspaper was the last job I had before the current corporate job that I have right now and I've been at this place for like eight years like y'all I've been in the corporate world for over 20 years I mean you know um it it's crazy because yeah I started in the corporate world at 18 because I dropped out of college and because I had you know I was a single mom and I was like I've got to be able to make money to provide for myself and my and my kid you know and so and now, obviously, I went back. I went back to college, and I have a degree now. But at that time, like I didn't. But I went back as an adult, like later on in life as an adult, because um, I got I got my degree in um, in twenty eighteen. So, um, but yeah, so it was definitely um, hard, <laughs> you know, uh, living like living like that, and. Um, I mean, I had to make ends meet, and so I had to go find the first corporate job that I could, but luckily, and I have to thank my parents for that, I, I worked for my parents. Um, so I already had, like, technically 10 years of, like, administrative, like, office uh, office experience because that's what I did. I worked with my mom, and my mom did, like, all the administrative stuff, like like payroll, all that stuff. I learned how to do all that, like, 10. So by the time I was like 
you know, um, but right at 18, I already had almost nine years of administrative assistant experience, and I had QuickBooks experience because that's how we did payroll was through QuickBooks, and I was doing payroll at 10 because my mom taught me if they would pay me. <laughs> like, I was on their payroll. Um, so I was very fortunate that my parents taught me that stuff because I was able to get a job at, y'all, I worked at Acme Brick, which is a Fortune 500 company. It, um, in I, I was over the accounts payable department at 18 years old. And, you know, I mean, it was one of their stores, but I mean, still, that's a Fortune 500 company. I was 18. Everybody else, like, had just graduated from college or they were, like, older, you know, like, some of them even, like, closer to my parents' age. And I was already a manager at, like, you know, I was over the accounts payable department at a Fortune 500 company. Like, that's not, I mean, even though it's, like, it was one of their stores, it's still a huge accomplishment for an 18-year-old. Like, most 18-year-olds don't have, you know, didn't have that at that time. And that was 2004. And y'all, I was like, now this is where I went wrong. <laughs> this is where I totally went wrong. All right. Just because I was making good money, because back then I was making good money and I had 401k and I mean, I was, I was doing good, but I went crazy. I had to go and live in like the most expensive apartment that they had at that time. Uh, so the apartment that I got, you know, it was a two bedroom, it was a two bedroom, two bath, and it was, it had a full blown walk-in closet with washer and dryer hookups in the closet. Like, I mean, this place was high end, it was gated, everything. And I was paying $9.50 a month, and this was back in 2004. Like, I could have easily went and lived somewhere for, like, 600 a month, 700 a month, you know, easily. But I was paying $9.50 a month to live in a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment, um, you know, pretty much being bougie, but broke, like, a broke, bougie bitch. <laughs> like, really, like, I was, I was crazy because I'm thinking, oh, well, I can afford that. Yeah, I could, but then... It got to be where, like, obviously I'm paying for daycare. I'm paying for, because I made too much as a single parent. So, like, I didn't get assistance. Like, I didn't get food stamps. I didn't get anything like that. But I was, like, I was at that, I was at that area where I was making just barely, like, over the limit. Like, I think I was only making, like, 60 or $70 more than what the limit was to be able to apply for assistance. So, y'all, I wasn't making that much money. But I, I just went crazy because, like, I just had expensive taste, but I didn't have the funds allocated for that, right? And so, I mean, I was living house broke, like, house broke, completely house broke. And to be honest, it's something that I'm grateful that I'm no longer at that point anymore because, like, that, that was horrible like I put myself in so much debt um and like you know I was like over $52,000 in debt I ended up having to file chapter 7 bankruptcy 
in 2007, I believe, or right at 2008. It was it was before my youngest daughter was born. And yeah, they are like definitely do not I do not recommend anything that I did uh, to anyone. Let me be pretty much I guess like the example of what not to do <laughs> in that situation, right? I was young. I was dumb, y'all. Like, I mean, I was, I became a mom at 18, 19, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, I was still a kid not knowing what the hell I was doing. And I was about to raise a whole damn kid on my own. <laughs> like, well, I can tell you, my inner child was screaming, screaming. Because I, because, like, I was always the one that took care of everybody. Like, out of, like, the fa- when it came to the family dynamic, my sisters, my cousins, all of them. I was always the mother figure to everybody, right? Always the mother figure. Always the one that was taking care of everyone, babysitting everybody, doing this, doing that, you know? Like, but then I had finally, like, gotten out on my own, right? And I'm like, ah. Man, like I'm fucking free. I don't have to be like nobody's mom for a while. I don't have to do none of that. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I ended pregnant with my first kid. You know, straight out the gate. Um, you know, it's funny how um, it's funny how God humbles you. You know, in certain moments, and uh, and that was pretty much <laughs> like a humbling moment, right? It's like, oh, you want to say that uh, you're not you're not taking care of nobody else? Well, poop, here's a, here's a kid. Here's your first kid. <laughs> Take care of her, <laughs> right? You're on your own, too, because, um, you know, you're going to have to be a single mom for a little while, you know? And, um, and then, like, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for anybody, and you know, my husband comes along, right? Six months later, and my whole entire life changes, and now, what, 19 years later? Well, it'll be 19 years on in November. 19 years later, it's like, yeah, you know, my whole entire life has been changed drastically. But I love it because if it wouldn't have been for him, I would never have known anything about motorsports because he's the reason why I'm here. He's the reason why I have the podcast. He is literally my biggest fan, and I love him for that. Um, and... He definitely um, inspired me to create this because, you know, I've always wanted to do something with motorsports, but I I would never be a race car driver. <laughs> like, not that not that I wouldn't want to know how to drive a car like that or whatever. It's just I I would prefer being behind the scenes, being a part of like the stands, like, being with the fans, like, doing, just being behind the scenes where I can watch the races and, you know, be there. I don't want to drive. Like, I don't want to be a physical part of, of, you know, the grid, but I just, you know, I would prefer being behind the scenes, but I, but I'm so passionate about motorsports that I wanted to be able to do this, you know, where, motorsports is the industry I work in because guys like I mean I have 
mainly been in media and the tech industry um, for 20 years. Um, and I and so I wanted to take what I've learned and put all of that and all my skill sets to work, but through the motorsports industry. So this is why I do the podcast, right? Also, I was a theater kid, so that automatically, like, you tie all of that in, and you could understand why storytelling is one of my favorite things, so that's why the podcast exists. Um, and I get to be able to talk to so many people from all over the world, other women that are just as um, passionate about motorsports as I am. Uh, some of them, you know, they're newer they're newer to the sport they're just starting out or you know they haven't been as far in their journey as i have you know behind the scenes or whether they're a, a driver themselves i mean it you never know i mean that's why we bring on any woman in motorsports no matter what they do because we're all about women supporting women here the table is big enough it doesn't need to be completely niched down where oh we're only going to do this for like, we're only going to have people with F1, or we're only going to have people that are part of EMSA, or we're going to only have people that are a part of Super GT, or we're only going to have people that, you know, are a part of this racing organization, or just local. No, I want all of these women to be at the same table. That It doesn't matter how far up in what, you could be in F1, which is the richest motorsport organization in the world down to racing at your local racetrack and y'all get to be on the same platform you both get to take center stage on this podcast it's not about who is in the most expensive racing organization and who's you know um just racing at their local racetrack that is part of the reason why we have the issue that we have right now with women in motorsports getting funding is because there is such such a huge gap, right? That grassroots racers that are at their local tracks tend to be um not I wouldn't say looked down upon, but they they don't get the same shot because a lot of them have never been on podcasts. They don't get access to any type of media because a lot of these local racetracks don't even advertise, right? So, you know, some of them don't. I know the ones here, you know, a few of them do, but a lot of them didn't, you know. They kind of just depend on Facebook and word of mouth, and that's about it. Um, but the thing is, for someone that races at their local track, because that's all they can afford, right, Um they're not going to get the same exposure and opportunities as somebody that has connections in F1. I mean, let's just let's just be real. You know, it's not the same types of opportunities. But I that's why I created the podcast because I want all these women, no matter where they are in their racing career, it, or even if they race for a hobby, because there are some women that we've had on the podcast that race that that were only racing you know every now and then just for fun they weren't even doing it as a full-time thing you know but they have they have 
you know, amazing stories on how they how they even got into it. And so, but even so, even if you, th- even if you're a woman in motorsport and you think motorsports and you think that your story is boring, your story is not boring. No one's story is boring because everybody's story is different. We are all different human beings with souls, right? We're just souls and flesh, and but we all have different experiences. None of us grew up the same. None of us have the same families. None of us, you know, well, hold on, let me take that back. Some of us do, some of us are related, right? But you get what I'm saying. Like, even if you're related, your family dynamic could have still been different, right? Um, even Even in households, like, because some parents have favorites, right? Not all, but some parents have favorites, right? And so your experience as the favorite could be totally different from your sisters or brothers that were not the favorite, right? So that's just an example. But even even if you, your parents didn't have favorites, sometimes you might have gone through things that your uh, your sisters or brothers don't go through because you got treated different because maybe you were the oldest or maybe you're the middle or maybe you're the youngest child. And, you know, sometimes they tend to get treated differently. Or we learn as parents certain things that we shouldn't have done with the older ones and we make sure that we don't do that with the younger ones. So either way, you're all raised differently. Um, And so, yeah, so we all have, like, interesting stories. No matter how boring you might think your story is, your story is interesting to someone. Someone out there is interested in your story. It's just that you have to make it available for people to hear it. If you don't, then you never know who might have needed to hear that today, right? Um, And so that is why I do the podcast because there are women that come on here that they've never, they've never been on a podcast. They've never done anything. You know, they're nervous or whatever, and I try to get them to, that's why I do the podcast the way I do it. That's why I make it a casual conversation because I don't want the guests to be nervous. I want them to look at me as like, I'm just a friend. We're just talking, you know what I'm saying? But when we hit record, it doesn't matter. Like, it's there, you know, but it's pre-recorded. So if for some reason they're like, hey, can you edit this out? Like, I really should not have talked about that. Okay, it can be edited out. You see what I'm saying? Um, that's why I do it pre-recorded and I don't do it live because that way if if they change their minds, they can, you know, like it, it's all right. Um, I've even had women that have told me that they don't want to come on the podcast because they're not confident um, in speaking about themselves. They rather just stay behind the scenes and not and not share their stories. And I'm and obviously that's their choice. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like berate them or anything about it because the thing is, you know, everybody's at a different part of their journey and, you know, some people that that's just where they are and they're, and they're not comfortable and I have to be okay with that. Um, But it also makes me sad at the same time because it's like, I hate that there are women in motorsports that people don't even know about and it's all because they're too afraid to share their story. Like, they don't want to talk about it. Um, even though their their story could inspire somebody else to maybe take the same path as them or just even know that there are women that are represented in that field, 
um, because sometimes it could be a field that is male dominated and or an industry that's male dominated and you know people don't know you know um, about the representation like that there might be actually a, a lot of women in it and you don't see it you know just like how you know there are more women in STEM now than than there were you know in quite some time and so you know just even them and I mean you know we have um, actually, it's it's crazy, but we're actually going to have our very first woman crew chief uh, on the podcast soon. Um, that that's next month. Um, and that's crazy. She's the first one that um, I'm actually interviewing. I will not give out her name right now because I'm trying to keep I keep all of that behind the scenes. So you've got to subscribe to the newsletter. Um, our VIP section newsletter, um, that link will be in the show notes, um, because I do that behind the scenes. I give out who the guests are going to be to on the newsletter, because guess what? I don't tell anybody on social media. Um, I only do, so I only do it behind the scenes. So I do it in the Instagram broadcast channel that we have for Race, for Race Wife Unfiltered. Um, so if you go to our Instagram page, um, which is obviously in the show notes. You guys can go there, but even if you don't want to go look in the show notes, it's literally race wife unfiltered. It's all together. That's it. Um, if you go to the, our Instagram, there is a broadcast channel. If you join that, I am I, starting starting this week. Um, I am going to be doing pretty much everything that I do in the newsletter. Um, I'm going to be doing that in the broadcast channel. So you will know about um, guests, like, early. Like, you'll know, like, and I'll tell you even what date it's coming out. See, I don't, I don't, I normally don't even do that. Um, And then also, um, you know, any behind-the-scenes stuff that might be coming up. So, actually, that's part of the newsletter. So the people that are going to be on, that are a part of the newsletter, they get to listen to the podcast um, early. So um, I give them access to the podcast episodes on Mondays and Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Central. Um, And other than that, you don't know when it comes out unless you are just, unless you follow on a specific platform. So if you don't follow on a specific platform, you don't know when those episodes come out. But I still send the episodes to to our VIPs, and they actually have access to the Podbean episode instantly. Um, now, Apple and Spotify, it takes a while, sometimes up to 45 minutes to an hour to upload. So... Um, even though I upload it instantly on Podbean, it, it takes a while for it to cycle through the other platforms. So um, they get access to the Podbean episode instantly, which is amazing because that actually, um, you know, they get to listen to it before everybody else does because you you won't listen to it unless you follow, like, you know, you subscribe on one of the platforms we're on. Or you have to wait until I post on social media, which isn't until the next day. So I post on social media uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
Um, and that's why I say that it comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I only send the, epi- the episodes early to our VIPs. So if you want to be a VIP, definitely click that link in the show notes. Um, it is absolutely free. I don't charge anybody for the for the email list. Um, you know, but I just let you guys know a lot of things that are coming up behind the scenes because we do have a lot of things that are going to be coming up this year. Um, like possibly meetups, like at certain racetracks and things like that. So we're going to have like stuff that's going to be coming up pretty soon. Um, and so I definitely want you guys to be aware. Also, we're going to have merch coming out this year too. Um, I will actually have my designs because I'm creating the designs literally by hand. Okay. I'm creating these designs by hand. Um, Yes, because your girl, your girl's an artist, okay? Like, she can do stuff, all right? So, um, I'm going to be creating, like, some designs and stuff um, for, it's going to be um, a stationary line that is racing related. Um, And also has that Japanese fusion to it. So, it's pretty much going to be a kawaii racing stationary line and uh and obviously i love it i'm so i'm so glad that i was able to find a way to kind of tie in you know my love for my japanese heritage and then also um being able to throw racing in there right like i i I love that so um that and we've got other podcasts that's coming out um on on Pretty much just as a network now. Like, Race Wife Unfiltered was the first, okay? But we're going to have other podcasts coming out this year. Um, It's going to be late this year. Um, Plus, actually, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. There is a podcast that I am wanting to do, and I need a female co-host, okay? Um, As long as you are... A fan of motorsports, not afraid to talk because you have to interview, right? You have to interview, um, and you have to interview male drivers. Okay, this one's gonna have male drivers in it, all right? Um, but I need a, a female co host. Um, this probably won't be until almost the end of 2024, but obviously, we would have to get episodes started before then. Um, and so I'm thinking possibly around this, maybe the summer, um, maybe about, yeah, I would say probably around the summer or whatever, um, needing to get episodes ready. Um, so, and it'll be like twice a month. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a twice a month thing. Oh, and only one, one time a week, like not like this where it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is different. Um, but that one would be just one time every two weeks. Um, that's what I'm thinking. So if you are interested, um, definitely reach out to me on Instagram or, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever, like y'all see, y'all see where email me anything. It doesn't matter. Um, and let me know, like, especially if you do have experience. Um, the way it will be right now, um, 
it's not exactly a paid position, but what will happen is like you would get commission on any sponsorship, um, any, any sponsorships that we get, um, you would get like a cut of that, you know, um, because obviously you deserve, you deserve some type of compensation. Now, obviously, if it, if it gets to the point where I'm, I'm at that point where I'm making so much money with sponsorships that I don't really need, you know, I don't, I don't need to just do it as a commission thing on sponsorship packages. Um, then, then it'll just be a full paid position. But as of right now, it would just be like a percentage of the sponsorship that we would bring in. Um, so, so yeah. So if you are interested, please let me know. Um, cause I definitely want to make a decision by April because then I'm thinking we can at least start trying to get like a couple episodes recorded ahead of time starting in May. So that's kind of my that's kind of like my timeline. So yeah, guys just hit me up. I am I, I definitely want to do this um with someone, you know. Um I don't want it to all be me. <laughs> so but, um, but yeah, guys, so that is it. I know this was a long ramble, and I know it, it's definitely not the norm. Um, will I plan on doing this very often? Probably not. <laughs> but um, not saying that I would never do it again, because um, I kind of want to see what ends up happening with this, because I know I probably got off on a tangent here and there, whatever but this is literally how my brain really works um you guys are just kind of seeing my brain process in real time um so yeah like in and when i say that i'm talking about like my brain processes like this even when i'm not um on a gummy so it's just that you don't hear it in real time like you don't hear me speaking out loud to myself in real time but this is all the stuff that is in my head all the time so that's why I'm so multi-passionate and that's why I have like all these like millions of ideas that I want to put out there into the world and uh, there's not enough room in my head for all the ideas <laughs> so um, a lot of those ideas come out on paper or in my phone in notes or it comes out in podcasts or whatever like it just or it comes out in social media content that I do like pretty much all my content creation is just like all the ideas in my head pouring out in some type of format some type of medium um but yeah so that's it guys so um until next week so either Monday um if you're a VIP or on Tuesday, um, which we might have a guest for that one. Um, the, in, the, the interview is not fully confirmed yet, but I will say this. If, if it does get confirmed and I'm supposed to interview her tomorrow, okay, um, then it will be a NASCAR driver. Uh, her episode will be on on. Uh, well Monday or Tuesday um, but if not then it'll be um, a solo episode um, and then 
we have another guest that's going to be on next week. Um, so, so that's it, guys. So until next week, take care. Um, have a great rest of your week. Go out and manifest your best lives. And I will talk to you guys in the next one. Bye.